Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Tonight, what I want to do is just briefly, I want to talk to you on the theme, When Problems Come. And I want to do it from a Christmas passage, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child. Now remember, this is uh, the part of Matthew's gospel where Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant. Joseph doesn't know what to do. He's thinking that he's going to break things off. He's engaged to be married. And an angel appears to him. And as the angel tells him to take Mary to be his wife, now all of a sudden Matthew is giving us an Old Testament quote, and he's saying this is a fulfillment of an Old Testament passage. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When problems come, there's one thing we need to remember. We're not alone. When problems come, there's something we have to keep central in our mind, especially the bigger the problem is, that we're not facing this on our own. We're not facing it in our own power, our own ingenuity, but God is with us. Emmanuel, right there with us in the middle of the problem, right there with us with his power, right there with us with his peace, God with us. Those verses are a quote of Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. And when you come to Isaiah chapter 7, it's a very, very dark time in both the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. If you're not familiar with your Old Testament history, that's okay. Let me just kind of get you up to speed. There was the first king, Saul. He was followed by one of the most well-known kings, David. David kind of expanded the kingdom, centralized the government and the religion. His son Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, solidified David's gains, and it was an amazing kingdom. It was the kingdom of Israel. Following Solomon's death, there was a civil war and the kingdom split into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom was called Israel. The southern kingdom was called Judah. Israel never had a good or godly king. They had one wicked king after another. Consequently, in about 720 BC, they were annihilated. They were destroyed by the Assyrians. Judah, on the other hand, the southern kingdom would have good kings, they would have bad kings. If they had good kings, things went well. If they had bad kings, they didn't go well. This kind of gives you a map here to give you a sense. So this is modern day Israel. You've got the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom. The capital is Samaria. You've got the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. The capital is Jerusalem. And then you have different, the Philistines are over here and different Ammons here and Moab here, we're going to read about the kingdom of Aram or Syria, and it's right here. So in what we're going to read, Israel and Aram form an alliance. Their concern is the superpower of that day, militarily, is the Assyrian 
empire. Here's a picture that kind of, if you widen out, so here's the land of Israel. So this shows you all the area that the Assyrians control in Isaiah's time. It's absolutely massive. The Assyrians were very violent people. What they would do when they took a city, they would take the people, they would cut off their heads, they'd pile them up at the city gate, and especially military people, political leaders, and they would say, listen, this is what happens to you if you mess with us. Oftentimes, they would take hooks, put them in the king's nose, the king's mouth, and then would lead him back to the land of Assyria for their celebration and may imprison or actually slaughter them. So they're a violent people, much to be feared. And what you have is you have Israel, you have Aram. They're afraid of the Assyrians. They're, they're saying the only way we're going to be able to defeat them is if we all come together and we all as, a, as an alliance, Israel, Judah, and Aram, if we'll stand together, we can withstand and maybe defeat the Assyrians. This is what is happening. Israel then sought Judah to join the alliance when Judah refused to do it. The Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles chapter 28 that Israel invaded the land of Judah. Now think about this. They slaughtered 120,000 people. That's a lot of people. They deported, they took captive 200,000. When you think in the Civil War, probably around 460,000 people were killed. In the World War I, about 116,000 Americans died. World War II, just over 400,000. So you're talking a massive number of people died. They killed the royal family. They killed the king's son, many members of the royal family. And then they took 200,000 people as slaves back to Israel. When they did, there was a prophet that met them as they were coming in to uh, Samaria. His name was Oded. And he said, listen, you know, you have done something that's going to bring God's judgment. You better let the people go. So they let the people go. And then just a little while later, again, Aram and Israel are worried about Assyria. So now they're saying to Judah, we want you to join our alliance. Judah says, we're not going to do it. The king of Judah at that time is a wicked man by the name of Ahaz. So wicked that in offering, uh, making offerings to idols, he sacrifices his son. So he's involved in child sacrifice. He's involved in the grossest immorality. He refuses to join their alliance. So now they are threatening to invade him again. If they invaded the first time and killed 120,000 and took captive 200,000, you can imagine the fear that fills his heart as he thinks of them coming again. And all of that becomes a backdrop for us understanding what it means to have God with us when you and I are facing problems. There are some here tonight, actually I was going to speak on Mary, and I just really felt strongly there are people that are listening tonight online, there are people who are sitting in this room tonight, and your back's against the wall. You have a problem that is major. You're wondering what to do. You're trying to figure it out. You're, you're fearful. You're anxious. 
Everything you've tried up to this point has not worked. In fact, it has almost seemed to make it worse. The question is, what do you do? And I want to suggest to you that the answer is found, first of all, in recognizing that our God is a very present help in time of need, that our God is always there, he always cares, and he's the Emmanuel, God with us, not just in the good times, but God with us when, when our back's against the wall, when we don't know what to do. Here's what happens. A lot of times, though, people begin to wonder if God's going to help because they look at their life and they say, well, you know what? If it was so-and-so, God would help because they love God more than I do. They're walking closer to God. See, this is the, this is the problem that comes to people who are either half-hearted in their service of God or hit and miss in their service of God or lacking in their devotion to God. All of a sudden, when problems come, there is an absence of stability and it starts with the own rec their own recognition of their lack of faithfulness when it comes to their service of God. And the enemy loves that. But God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, the Bible says. God is a God who cares for people, wants to help people. And so you have wicked King Ahaz, and you would think God might say, you know what, you're so wicked, you deserve everything you're going to get. I'm not helping you, but that's not what God does. Let's look at it, Isaiah chapter 7. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, King Rezin of Aram and Pekah, son of Remaliah, the king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem. But they could not overpower it. Now the house of David, that's Ahaz's family lineage, was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. So the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind, because remember, They've lost 120,000 people. They've got those fresh graves they're looking at, and they had 200,000 people that were taken captive. He knows there's no way he can stand against these two forces. And the forces have made it very clear what their plan is. In verse 6 of chapter 7, here's what they're saying. Israel and Aram are saying, let us invade Judah. Let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves and make the son of Tabeel the king over it. Here's Ahaz. He gets the bright idea. He says, well, you know what? The Assyrians are very, very powerful. And so rather than trying to fight them, what I will do is I will join with the Assyrians and I'll ask the Assyrians to help me fight Israel and Aram. In 2 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 16, at that time, King Ahaz sent to the king of Assyria for help. The Bible says what he did is he stripped off all the gold in the temple, took all of the temple treasuries, he took his own treasury, and he taxed the nobility, and so he gets this great amount of gold together, and he sends it to the king of Assyria and asks him to help. But before he does that, while he's still trying to figure this whole thing out, the Lord sends Isaiah, the prophet, to Ahaz with a message to King Ahaz. And it's a very interesting message. 
It's in Isaiah chapter seven and verse three. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out you and your son, Shear Jashub to meet Ahaz. Say to him, be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and of the son of Remaliah. I want you to know this, say to him, be careful, keep calm, don't be afraid. If you're facing a problem tonight, the wrong thing to do is to let fear take control of your situation. Fear makes a terrible counselor. Fear will get you into trouble. It will rob you of peace. It will rob you of joy. It will rob you of the ability to trust God. God sends the prophet Isaiah and the word is, be careful, stop. When you're facing a big problem, that's not the time to rush and hurry. That's the time to stop and wait on the Lord. That's not the time to lose your head. That's the time to keep your cool. That's not the time to, to be filled with fear. It's the time to be filled with faith. And here's the reason why, because when problems come, the solution is not primarily physical, it's spiritual. Wow. Yeah. The solution to every problem you and I will ever face. Is there a physical aspect to it? Absolutely. But the unseen world is a real world and the unseen realities are more important than the seen realities. And there's a lot of things happening in the spirit world. And we need to understand that the solution to life's problems, the answers to life's dilemmas are found in the spiritual, not the physical. Back when we looked at that verse in Isaiah chapter seven and verses three through four, uh, in the Hebrew, it really reads this way, be careful not to do anything. In other words, don't try to make things happen. Instead, wait on the Lord. I mean, we've got this struggle. We've got this spiritual battle. I mean, Ephesians chapter six and verse 12 says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. These are fallen angels who hate God and hate you. And they're the ones that we're battling against. So it's not your neighbor, it's not your spouse, it's not your coworkers, it's not the bank, it's not the economy, it's, it is a spiritual battle that is happening. Some of you tonight need direction. You don't know what to do. The answer is not in the physical, it's in the spiritual. Hey, get your piece of paper out, list the pros and the cons, nothing wrong with that. But if that's all you do, and if that is the sole basis for making your decision, you'll make a big mistake. Get before the Lord, wait on God, seek his face. Say, God, show me what to do. Open a door no one can shut. Close a door no one can open. God, you, you have a will in this show me what it is if it's a if it's a relational issue 
pray, ask God to do something in that other person's heart. Listen, God can speak to them in ways you never could. If it's finances, if it's a situation at work, if it's a physical illness, the answer begins in the spiritual realm, moves into the physical realm. And so we have to understand that that's how God works. And, and a lot of times, God's solution is way different than our solution. Ahaz thought the answer would be to buy help to go to the king of Assyria, pay him to attack Israel. But watch what happens here. The king of Assyria came to him, but he gave him trouble instead of help. You know, sometimes we're too smart for our own good. And a little bit of humility will go a long way in seeing the hand of God at work in our life. To say, God, we don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I'm in over my head. I can't make it happen. I'm not talking about being lazy. You're not being lazy when you're praying. I'm just saying too oftentimes people move too fast, try to make things happen without praying first, without letting God do what he wants to do in their heart, in their life, to give them an encounter with him that you'll never forget for the rest of your life and along with it an answer to your problems. Ahaz took some of the things from the temple of the Lord, from the royal palace, and from the princes, and presented them to the king of Assyria, but it did not help him. Think of all that he lost, trying all that he spent, all that he exhausted, trying to bring about a solution that never came, because the answer to our problems is primarily spiritual, not physical. You say, but how do I know God's going to help me? And we ask questions like that because we don't understand God's love for us or how God views us. He loves you more than you can possibly imagine. I'm not excusing your faithlessness. I'm just simply encouraging you to trust his faithfulness. I'm not suggesting that it doesn't matter what you've done and where you've been. But what does matter is God is gracious, he is compassionate, he is kind, he is loving, he is forgiving, and he does not treat us as our sins deserve, the Bible says. So number two, when problems come, it's important to remember you are his child. Here's what's interesting, when you look at Isaiah 7, You'll notice the, the phrase son of, son of, son of. It appears over and over again. It appears seven times in six verses, and it appears in 14 verses in the chapter. The whole passage is about sonship. In other words, it's as if to say God is saying, Ahaz, get a hold of yourself. Remember, you're a son of David. Remember your lineage. Remember who your God is. Remember, you know, how much your family is loved. The plan of Israel in Syria was to attack Ahaz and get rid of him. And in verse 6, it says this, Let us go up against them, terrify Judah. Let us conquer it for ourselves. Set up the son of Tabil as a king. And here's what the Lord says. Thus says the Lord God, 
it will not stand and it shall not come to pass. God says it's not going to happen. I'm not going to let it happen. Tonight, I really believe for somebody watching or people in this room that there are some of you and you have already in your mind created a scenario that is disastrous and maybe very well a real possibility in the natural, but God's word to you is, I'm not going to let that happen. It will not happen. It will not come to pass. You need to remember whose child you are. You need to remember how much God cares about you. I love Matthew chapter 10. It's such a great reminder. Jesus speaking says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. So he's saying, here are sparrows and they're very inexpensive. They're sold in the marketplace as basically hors d'oeuvres for a meal. And he says, you can, get, you can get two for a penny. And if you buy four, they'll throw in an extra. I mean, that's what it says in, I think in Luke's gospel when he's giving this. So they're very cheap. And even the very, and, and God notices when they, when they hop and when they drop, he notices, he's, he's got it down. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I just love that because that says God cares more about you than you care about yourself, which is, you know, sometimes we, we correctly assess the selfishness of our humanity, but even in the selfishness of humanity, God cares more about things about our life than the most selfish people care about themselves. He cares about the hair on your head. He's numbered it. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And God shows how really gracious he is. He makes this promise to Ahaz. And remember, what kind of person is Ahaz? He's wicked. He's faithless. He's unbelieving. In fact, he's going to say, do you want to sign Ahaz? I'll give you one. And Ahaz says, I'm not... I'm, I'm not going to ask for a sign. And God is angry because God says, how much more are you going to test me and try me? Ahaz is saying, listen, I, I just don't even know whether you're really going to help me. So why even ask for a sign is what he's saying. So here's a guy who's faithless. Here's a guy who's wicked. Here's a guy who doesn't want anything to do with God. And yet here's God saying, Ahaz, I want to help you. You're here tonight. You're watching online tonight here tonight because you're saying, I need God's help. You're watching online because you're saying you need God's help. Do you think there's any way God's not going to help you? Impossible. Those who hope in the Lord will never be put to shame. Those who hope in the Lord will never be disappointed. If God would help Ahaz, wouldn't he help you? Number three, when problems come, you must stand firm in your faith. At some point, you got to decide if you're in or you're out. James talks about the unbelieving person. He, he, he's tossed to and fro the unstable person. He believes and he doesn't believe. He's like a ship on the sea, tossed around. 
At some point, if we're going to receive from God, we've got to say, you know what? I'm in. I am counting on you. You're my only hope. And if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. I'm looking to you. God gives Ahaz this promise, I'm going to help you. But all, all Ahaz has to do is one thing. Look at it. Verse 9. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. I, I really feel that's such a, a word for many people in this room tonight and watching online. If you don't stand firm in your faith, you're not going to stand at all. God is saying, I want to help you, but you're going to have to trust me with this. You're going to have to give it to me. You're going to have to let go of it. You're going to have to rest that I'm going to take care of it. You trust me with this, and I'm going to come through. He's a God who does that. You know, I was thinking about, as I was studying this, I was thinking about my conversations with John Allered from um, Freedom City Church. So they're like 60 days away from having the, you know, they don't even have money, enough money to buy, to do a down payment before we, you graciously help them. Or we help them. Um, and uh, John's board was like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And this year's been exceptionally difficult for them. They've had a lot of challenges in a lot of ways. COVID has wreaked havoc on that church. And so, and, and thankfully, let me just say this, because of James River highlighting them, because of James River helping them, it's been a massive turnaround for them that they are stunned by what is happening. But it's really, hey, praise the Lord, it's amazing. So John says to the board, listen, I don't know how it's gonna happen. I just know the Lord is going to come through on this. I prayed, we fasted. I know what I know he's gonna come through and I can't tell you how he's going to. You know, sometimes that's all you have. That's, that's all you know is I fasted, I prayed, I've waited on God, I've gone to God, I've, I've given it to God. And if God doesn't help us, it's not gonna happen, but I know he's going to help us. I know he's going to come through. I'm standing firm in my faith, believing that God's gonna do what only he can do. If you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. But if you will stand firm in your faith, you're gonna watch God do some things you cannot believe in Jesus' name.